News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, the uh, first two hours talking about the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school superintendent uh, being told to quit or he'll be fired. And uh, that was reported first by uh, Brett Jensen at WBT. And uh, Charlotte-Mecklenburg school superintendent Ernest Winston was informed by the school board this morning that a, quote, separation was the best path forward. Oh, no, you, you know, you don't call it a separation. You call it what they called it when they riffed me up in Asheville is an employee dislocation. <laughs> That's what they that was what the corporate uh, parent company said, an employee dislocation in their press release where they like fired like a thousand plus people across the country. Employee dislocation. It was like, 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 oh, sorry that like that bone just got out of joint or something. And we'll just pop that right back into place and you're good to go. No. All right. So uh, Dean has called in on the superintendent story. Hello, Dean. Welcome to the show. Yes. Hi. Hey, hey Peter, I was wondering this, you know, I mean, I guess you could sort of look at it maybe from an angle, too, that um, it, it's been sort of a debacle and that maybe the CMS is this is their scapegoat. Is that possible or is he just that totally incompetent? Um, a little, pro- well, I don't know, but I would say probably a little from column A and a little from column B. Uh, we, I went over that earlier that, yeah, it, it's quite possible that they want to, uh, toss him under the bus ahead of the election and then they could say, we got rid of the problem. Yeah, because I mean, he, you know, he, it, it, it hasn't been normal times and I guess, you know, not that, not that there's, there's always a way it could have been handled better and there's always detractors. But uh, but and I know he never had any kind of uh, background, but um, I don't know. It just seems sort of political. Well, it is a school board, so it is usually the dumbest form of politics uh, involved because it's a school board. So, yeah, like, uh, look, I'm I'm not just to be clear here. I'm not rooting for one group or person over the others. I'm I like, if anything, I'm just kind of rooting for injuries. That's all just, no, I'm kidding. I'm not, not like physical injuries. I'm just, just a joke. Um, no, I, I, it is possible of like, it is possible for me not to have to choose one or the other. I can, I can hold in my mind the opinions that there's enough blame and stupidity uh, to go around for all of the people involved. Pete, wouldn't there have been like, I mean, you know, somewhat like a job description or qualifications? And it sounds like the CMS said, "Nah, we're not going to listen to that." Yes, we just. Yeah, no, you're correct. You're you're exactly correct. In fact, as uh, Brett Jensen was saying earlier, that they had and Mark Garrison, they had to go to the state. CMS had to go to the state in order to get them to waive the minimum uh, requirements. To hire this guy because he was not qualified, but apparently nobody else wanted the job. So they they hired him. Now, I don't know because I wasn't here and I, I don't know if they hired him in order to uh, have somebody that was malleable, that was a pushover, that would just do what they want. In which case, maybe that's exactly what they got. And now they're just discarding him because the you know they're feeling political pressure at uh, after all of the, you know, you got the critical race theory stuff, but you also have the COVID stuff. You've got the learning loss. 
there's they got the the guns in schools, all of this stuff, and so maybe they're yeah we're we're going to toss them overboard uh, now before the election. He did. Did did Winston have any prior, you know, very strong political affiliations when he was just a reporter or whatever it was that he was? Well, isn't being a reporter, uh, isn't that a political affiliation? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Are announcers all politically? Uh, uh, no, never uh, mind. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I am. You don't think I am? I have political ideas. Absolutely. And I tell you about them all the time. No, I meant affiliations to where he had ties, you know direct, you know, associations. What does that mean? Party. With party? a party? Yeah, what does that mean? Like, am I yeah. registered as a Republican or a Democrat? Well, no, I'm on a Philly. a mouthpiece for the Democrats or a mouthpiece for, you know, was he easily swayed, uh, you know, certain constituents or something like that? Or I'm sure there are people that look at themselves as mouthpieces for other organizations or something. I'm sure there are. I, I don't know any, but I'm sure there are. Just because I know they that there are a lot big pro pro for CMS, huh? Or they would not have hired him, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, if he he was working for the previous superintendent, I, and that's what I understood was that he was employed in the office, and as like county chairman George Dunlap, he said he bas- I mean, he mocked Winston and said he was basically the previous superintendent's chauffeur. That and and so one of the biggest detractors of uh, of Winston has been George Dunlap on the county commission, and George Dunlap was a former school board member. So, yeah, how much of it is is politics? How much of it is um, it? Well, like I said, it's school board politics, which is the stupidest kind of politics. It really is uh, because it doesn't break down along the party lines all the time. It's not easily identifiable, and so you end up literally in situations where somebody feels like they got slighted at some graduation ceremony for not being recognized as in the audience, and then they're going to get mad, and then they're going to vote against certain things against other people on the school board. Stuff like that actually happens. Mm. Yeah. Thanks thanks for your insight. All right, man. I appreciate the call, Dean. Um, yeah, so that's why it's always difficult to kind of get a read on what's actually going on with the personalities involved, because... From what I have been able to gather, just watching from afar, just watching the school board meetings each week and such, the vibe I get is uh, somewhere orbiting Venus. That's the vibe I get. That there are a lot of space cadets. Seriously. That there are people, these are people that are, this school board... Every agenda item that they do, even they, they get like a PowerPoint presentation and they're not even voting on anything. But at the end of the presentation, they're having to go through and give themselves an assessment because it's some sort of a consultant led school board improvement project that they are uh, th- they've undertaken. And so they say, do you think we did a good job addressing the point of the the presentation? Did we ask Pointed questions. Yes, no. Did we do like all this consultant driven stuff? And they're doing this in the meetings after every single agenda item. Right. Yeah. Like instead of just going somewhere for a one day, two day training or something, you know, learning what to do and then, you know, being a rational, cogent adult. No, instead, we're going to do this every single school board meeting. <laughs> we're going to run through this self assessment. It's just the most, it's the silliest thing. Like I said, it's the dumbest level of politics. 
News Talk 1110-993. WBT, the Pete Callender Show. Let me tell you about a brief conversation I had this weekend. So when I was, my wife and I, we uh, lived in Asheville and uh, we had a neighbor, very sweet little old lady. And uh, we got along great with her. She was from California, lived there her whole life in San Francisco. And when she found out, you know, I was doing a podcast and she wanted to know, like, what do I talk about? And I said, politics, current events. And, um, and I, you know, I try to describe myself accurately. I'm not going to lie, but I said, like, I'm a limited government, lowercase l, libertarian. Um, and so she listened a little bit and then she said she didn't, <laughs> she didn't like, uh, some of the stuff that I was saying about Democrats and the like. Okay, no problem. You don't have to listen. That's the beauty of freedom, right? You can you can listen to another talk show. She would say things like, I'm more of an NPR fan, something like that. Whatever. I tell you all of that just so you get an idea of her politics. Okay, so this weekend, she comes into town, into Charlotte, to visit with uh, Christy. They wanted to go. She wanted to go to a store that's uh, in Charlotte that's not available up in Asheville. And so they came in, Christy and... Uh, and our neighbor went uh, driving around. But brief conversation I had with her before they left. She just says to me, you know, I probably could vote for a Republican this time around as long as it's not Trump. All right. I don't know if that's true. She could be lying to me. I don't know. It, I, it doesn't matter. Okay. This is the important point. If she's saying that, let alone thinking it, right? right? If she's saying that out loud to me, what does that indicate? She's still signaling her hatred of Trump, right? I get it. You st- you're still, you know, got to make got to make sure everybody knows that. So you got to preface what you say or or tack it on at the end that make sure everybody knows you're that you would not vote for him. Okay, fine. But the fact that she has offered this information that she would vote for a Republican, which, again, like if I threw out Ted Cruz, would she vote for Ted Cruz over Joe Biden? Eh, probably not. She probably has opinions about Ted Cruz, too. But what does it indicate? The fact that she's saying that, she's trying to now signal and convey to me that she's not happy with the way things are going either. She's not happy with Joe Biden. She would prefer there be somebody else. And if she's saying that, how many other people you think are saying that? Did you see Joe Biden's visit to Greensboro? No, nah, probably not. All right. The hi- the, well, I'm not even going to say highlights. I'm sure you saw the very end of it where after he finished speaking, he turned to his right and appeared to offer his hand to shake someone's hand uh, when there was nobody there. And then he kind of turned around eh? and he says this thing. And he's like pointing. Huh? Where am I going? What? Huh? Oh, and then he just kind of totters away. Everybody can see this. The people who say they don't see it, they're lying or they're not watching. Seriously, everybody can see what we see. Joe Biden went to Greensboro Thursday. Karen Townsend at HotAir.com 
said he went to defend his handling of the economy and talk about supply chain issues. Sticking with his frequent talking point, he blamed Vladimir Putin for the economic crisis in America. At the end of his speech, he turned and extended his hand as though somebody was behind him, yet no one was there. His hand was extended into the air. As he began to exit the stage, he looked around in confusion and then wandered aimlessly before finally going down the stairs on the side of the stage. So first off, the claim that this is the Putinflation, right? He claimed that 70% of U.S. inflation can be blamed on Vladimir Putin. But the truth is that rising inflation had already begun. It was already evident before Putin invaded Ukraine. The appearance of Biden's cognitive deterioration is also not really breaking news. She goes on later in her piece to say, here's the question. Where's his staff? Where are the people, the handlers on the road that are supposed to be, you know, handling him? Why is somebody not right up there with him? The man who's supposed to be the leader of the free world does not seem capable of exiting a stage on his own. This is not okay. How do they keep letting this happen? Sometimes Jill Biden, sorry, Dr. Jill Biden, sometimes Jill Biden is uh, nearby and she'll reach out and guide him. But when she's not there, somebody else needs to be. The optics of her taking his arm and helping him move about, that's bad enough. But for him to be left on his own to wander around the stage, that's worse. The president's mental health is failing. The whole world can see it. He's 79 years old. He's he's not getting better. It's only going to get worse. And I don't say that to attack him or to be unkind or unempathetic or unsympathetic to his family and his loved ones and and all of us as Americans. I know it stinks. All of that was weird enough for one public appearance. But during the speech, Biden pulled a Biden and did some resume padding. Did you hear about this? He claims to be a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. We'll get into that up next. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me jump over here to the phones, and uh, here is the other Dean. Hello, Dean. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Pete. How about yourself? I'm sir? good. I'm good. Did you have a good Easter weekend? I'm, I'm perfect. Went down to Universal. Didn't visit at Disney, but uh, ah. Universal. Oh, well, glad you had a good time. What's up? So that neighbor of yours who realizes that things aren't right on the left side is willing to look at the right. Yep. How do we convince her that three-quarters of the things that were said about the ex-president weren't true? I mean, it was all just all lies. I mean, and is there any way of convincing those people now? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt that she is even interested in, um, in entertaining an idea that any of it wasn't true. I just, I think it is, um, she's repulsed. By Trump. It's just, Holy, yeah. Right. And 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 there's it becomes so much of uh, part of the personality uh, of her. And I think, you know, her friends like she doesn't. Well, I've said this before, too. 
People don't want to be embarrassed by their candidates, right? By their elected officials. That's really the big thing. Don't don't make your voters regret their vote for you. And that's so I don't think that's a bridge she can ever cross with Trump. She just loathes the man too much. And it doesn't matter uh, if the individual stories along the way were lies. It doesn't matter. She just loathes the man. So when so when she says if there's somebody else. All it, it to me at first because at first I started to say oh well like who and she says oh well I don't know and I, I realized that she's not actually advocating for a Republican she's expressing a sentiment that's that's basically my pick was bad but right. I don't think she I don't think she would have made a different choice if and if Trump runs again she'll vote for Biden again I have no doubt about it sure yeah. And I don't know how I don't know if it's worth the effort. And this is this is a question that Republicans are going to have to wrestle with. Right. If Trump runs again, is do you try to to spend the next election cycle and the next two years trying to convince everybody that they were wrong about Trump? Or do you just say, let's get somebody else and fight that Biden is wrong? Well, the the, the next somebody else has to be not from the government and has to be not a, a lifelong politician. Mm-hmm. That's why I supported Trump the minute he come down the escalator. Mm-hmm. I was like, we need a business guy. Well, but there, and I agree. And we talked, I talked with my neighbor about that very same dynamic. There are pros and cons to that. Jimmy Carter suffered the same sort of fate as, uh, as Trump. Actually, they both, you know, one termers, but he had the same problem because he was coming from a, as a governor of Georgia, and he is now president. Well, when you are not a creature of the swamp, nobody owes you anything. You don't owe anybody else anything. You don't know how stuff works. You don't know who's uh, aligned with who else. And it's a very steep learning curve. And so there is a downside to being the outsider and not knowing uh, you know, where these people and, and power centers are. Trump was a victim of that. Look what happened with the intel agencies, right? He was oh, a victim. Well. Yeah. No, no, I get it. Yeah, so, I mean, and but the pros are that he, yeah, he's going to look at it with a different set of eyes because he isn't corrupted by that's the way things have always been done in government, right? right? He's yeah. not beholden to anybody. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it, it's it, he, I still believe he was his own worst enemy. He really was. If he had been able to rein in his mouth, he would have gotten way more done, way more done. I think, and he, I think he would have won re-election. I think he because he he's not a firebrand right winger as much as the left wants to paint him as that. We all know on you know anybody who follows conservative politics knows that Trump was not some you know dyed in the wool conservative movement uh, standard bearer. Correct. No, he had he had. I, in a way, he had a realistic view. I mean, yeah. you got to give to, you know, give and take to get things done. The it's just a hard situation, and yeah. they did everything they did to him, so nobody else will run from outside because they've been getting away with murder up there. Yeah, no, it's true. There, there is always the element of teach everybody else watching a lesson. This is what will happen. Yeah, exactly. No, I got gotcha. you. Right, All right, Dean. Thank you. I right, appreciate, it, man. Thanks for the call. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. So Joe Biden comes to Greensboro. Not only does he shake hands with an imaginary person or something, wanders around the stage looking just completely incoherent and obviously in cognitive decline. Um, 
But he also said during the speech that he was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania during the brief time that he was not in office. So after he was vice president, so for like the three years between being vice president and then being president, he said he was a full professor. Now, Karen Townsend at HotAir.com notes that Biden does have a long history of lying about his personal accomplishments, to be sure. But claiming to have been a professor as one of those uh, as one of those is a stretch even for him. She says, uh, well, Biden said, I've been uh, at a lot of university campuses. Matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, Joe Biden was named Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice Professor in 2017. Okay, so he was named as this. Ben Franklin presidential practice professor. I have no idea what that is. It's silly. It's a silly sounding name. Anyway, the designation was made up for him because he was the first. This is like the John Edwards scholarship program that they put him on while he was going to run for president at UNC. They created the center for poverty and work or whatever. Right. It's just, it's a landing pad that he gets to hang out in while he waits uh, and builds support for his next run. And that's what the the school uh, school system, the University of Pennsylvania, gave Joe Biden. He did not teach regular classes. He did, however, make a total of about a dozen appearances on campus over the course of three years, usually for big ticket events. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported on Biden's sweet deal in 2019. He collected a paycheck in 17, 18 and early 19 from the university to the tune of nearly a million dollars. The newspaper reported that Biden's role was vague and he didn't teach regular classes, which I guess is nice work if you can get it. University of Pennsylvania, the gig, it was an honorary position. It allowed Biden to enrich himself and show up every now and again, usually for his own benefit, like the event where he's selling his book. Biden barely graduated from law school and his undergrad days did not exactly set the world on fire. Now, Biden is reported to have been an adjunct professor of law at Widener University in Pennsylvania for 17 years, but that was during his decades in the Senate. Perhaps he was confusing that time with his time as an honorary professor at UPenn. Either way, none of it looked very good. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, The Pete Callender Show. The hardest part about writing about how grim the Democrats' midterm prospects have become is finding a way to express it that hasn't actually been used already. That is the most difficult thing, says Pundit at HotAir.com. And uh, he talks a little bit in this piece about Mark Penn, who used to be the chief pollster for Hillary Clinton. And the word he used, it's a new phrase, Virtual impossibility is the word, the phrase he used. As in, it's a virtual impossibility that Biden can be reelected in 2024 if something doesn't change dramatically. Biden's approval with independence is 26%. There's no mystery what the chief culprit is either. Starts with an I and it rhymes with inflation, okay? CNN's Harry Enten apprised viewers of the state of Biden's numbers. He said, Joe is at 
percent approval in the real clear politics average. The RCP, they, they take all the polls and they do this average. So that's a if you're interested in finding trend lines, RCP is good is a good one. Um, four years ago, on the same day, Donald Trump was at forty two point eight percent. So Joe Biden is at a lower approval rating now than Trump was at the same time in his first term. The only silver lining for Biden is that his approval was slightly lower back in February. So it means he's not really at rock bottom. He's actually he's doing a little bit better. You can do it, Joe. He's never been as low as Trump was during his worst period at the end of 2017 when Trump hit 37.2 percent. OK, but let's give it time. There's there's still there's still a chance. To the horror of Democratic candidates everywhere, Biden's about to foist another political disaster on his party as it sags under the weight of inflation, which is more spending. Biden is facing a growing mutiny from Democratic candidates, including five vulnerable senators who are questioning his administration's decision to lift a pandemic health order that has drastically curtailed migrants' ability to seek asylum at the southern border. They've been trying to tack this thing onto um, spending plans. So uh, there's, anyway, well, here, I'll just read it. This is from uh, Washington Examiner, maybe? Oh, I didn't write it down. I apologize. After congressional negotiators struck a tentative deal, $10 billion earlier this month, the agreement fell apart when Senate Republicans insisted on an amendment that would keep Title 42 in place. Title 42 being the, the the code in the law that allows the president, in this case it was former President Trump, right, citing the COVID pandemic to close down the border, telling people they could not come in and wait. And now Biden saying or is saying that he's going to lift that uh, Title 42 and it's going to happen in like May 25th or something like that. Which, of course, is now prompting more people to migrate up to the border. It's going to cause this deluge of migration. And Democrats are freaking out about it. And not just the, quote, moderate Democrats. At least half a dozen Democrats were at risk of joining Republicans on that vote to block the spending unless there's an attached rider that says keep Title 42 in place. And it's not just centrist Democrats who are all jittery about lifting Title 42 and triggering this massive rush for the border. Raphael Warnock, he's also against the idea. That's the guy who won the Senate race down in Georgia during the special election. So is Mandela Barnes, the progressive star running in Wisconsin's Democratic Senate primary. Right. Can you imagine being a Democrat trying to win this fall? You're all you already have. Sort of the historical trend is, you know, when you win the White House, your party tends to lose seats in the Congress in the first midterm race, which is what we are now in. Right. So just historically, the Democrats could expect to lose. They were saying it was going to be like 30 to 40 seats. That was the 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 political prognosticators uh, guess because they said gerrymandering has created such uh uh you know strong districts that are uh that are easily winnable by one party or the other but not flippable so there are very few races that are now up for 
contesting. And so uh, they think they're, you're only going to see these, uh, a swing in the House of Representatives by like 30 to 40 seats. But now they got some people talking about a 60-seat swing that it could actually could prove all the experts wrong. And if Biden keeps doing this kind of stuff, he's going to get more and more Democrats that peel off. Meanwhile, Jonathan Turley, writing at JonathanTurley.org, says special counsel John Durham continues to drop bombshells and filings in the prosecution of former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman. Just last week, Durham defeated an effort by Sussman to dismiss the charges. He's now moving to give immunity to a key witness while revealing that he cl- uh, that the claims made by the Clinton campaign were viewed by the CIA, CIA as not technically plausible before they ever investigated. He also revealed that at least five of the former Clinton campaign contractors and researchers have already taken the fifth, refusing to cooperate for fear that they might incriminate themselves in a criminal probe. So that's going on, too. I wonder if that might... Uh, come up during the election. Oh, and that laptop that Biden's kid had. Yeah, that too. A couple of emails real quick. This one from Jay said, Pete, CMS has been a joke for the last 28 and a half years. I lived in Charlotte, hence the reason we chose private school. Money well spent. And on the uh, Ernest Winston saga, the CMS superintendent, reportedly by uh, Brett Jensen uh, earlier today, reportedly being told to uh, quit or uh, we'll fire you going to happen within the next couple days this is from dennis he says i'm betting your third scenario that of winston getting fired then filing suit against the uh the school board will be the one that prevails after all he'd be a victim of injustice the democrat way at work again that is a wrap for the episode thanks so much for listening i do appreciate it remember brett winterville coming up next as he always does i'll see you tomorrow don't break anything while i'm gone Thank <laughs> you.